T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Browns' defensive performance against the Ravens, and of course, they've had a couple uh, statistically Quality performances. Yeah, I have to say that because I still think Joe Woods should be fired. Like, I, it's so it's so weird because I'm like trying to find a way to say that without saying the truth, which is that Joe Woods is not a great defensive coordinator, and that I think just because they're playing better, I still don't think they're playing um, like uh, I don't think they're playing like a team defensively, and. I think they're. It just feels weird. Like I don't trust the defense over the final three games of the year. That ties directly back to Joe Woods. So it's tough for me to agree with Miles that what they're doing right now can be sustained and pushed forward into next year. Yeah, I I, I just don't see it. And I frankly, I think the players know it, and the players will. You know, if if they decide to bring the same thing back, uh, I I think it'll be frustrating for for a lot of the players, and I think you'll see the same thing. And if you get off to a slow start next year, uh, it, it'll be uh, the same thing. We'll be talking about firing Joe Woods in October, and it'll be fire Stefanski after that. And then if they don't make the playoffs or if they have a down year, it'll be the exact same thing that we went through now for two straight years. Dustin, I kind of feel like if Kevin Stefanski decides to bring back Joe Woods, it wouldn't be Joe Woods' job to lose if they struggled out of the gates next year. I think it would be Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think I think that's a king me situation where if you're going to to use leverage rather success at the end of a season, um, and you don't make the playoffs, if you're going to leverage that into keeping guys and being more loyal to those guys, then next year when Deshaun's had a full off season, next year when you've had an off season to fix the rest of this roster, you damn well come out of the gates firing and. Yep. I don't think you're going to get to even the bye week if it's a late bye like it was this year if you do that. 216-578-0092. I also wanted to ask you guys this. Uh, you guys can also get at us at Nick Wilson says at Dustin Fox 37 on Twitter and Instagram. It, this is beyond just the defense. Because Lima made some comment uh, this morning. Uh, that made it sound like I took umbrage with it. I didn't. I, I was just. Uh, I, I, uh, he made some comment this morning, some asinine comment. Like a real jerk. No, he made a comment about, uh, and I could never tell if Lima's just trolling or whether he actually heard this, but that analytics people think that uh, momentum at the end of the season doesn't matter anything. And I, listen, I, I think teams that finish the season good. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're automatically going to come out and win six of seven to start next year. But I do think, like, what's at stake over the final three games of this year is winning, is building a winning culture. 
And is is Kevin Stefanski going into next year with a full season without any doubts versus, hey, you kind of bleeped the bed at the end of the season, you, you kind of fell apart, and now we got more doubts going into next year? I, I, I think that we're going to have, no matter what happens, um, well, I shouldn't say no matter what happens, but if, if they do end up winning these three games, Nick, and keep everyone, we're, we're going to have we're gonna have a lot of doubts. And we're going to have a lot of what ifs. What could have been? You know, what what if we'd have done this right? And like something I know we want to get to later in the show, too, is like talking about some of the losses that they had during the year. Because if you point back to maybe even just one or two games, that's the difference between this team maybe, not maybe, probably being a playoff team. Austin Ward, he covers Ohio State for uh, Rivals. He's going to be joining us in about uh, 15 minutes here, but we are talking the Cleveland Browns here. We are talking about uh, the Browns going full Mangini. And what's the fallout? It's weird that I say fallout like that, but what's the fallout from finishing the season uh, with a winning streak and, and maybe ending the season still above 500 at 9-8? and eight? Let's go to James. James, you called in to talk about this uh, this 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 thing that we threw out that a listener said he would choose firing Kevin Stefanski over going to the playoffs. Where do you sit on it? Hello? Oh, oh, thanks for taking my calls, fellas. Yep. Oh, definitely we're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, of course, you know. Uh, but having said that, let me preface that statement by saying um, as, as fans and players, we get attached to our coaches and um, it's hard sometimes to face the truth that we definitely need a regime change, at least, especially in defense, I would say. You know, no, no question about it. And uh, I would love to see us get a strong defensive coordinator in here. Excellent stuff, James. Thanks for the call. I actually disagree with James. I can't recall a moment in my time in Cleveland media where Browns fans have have liked a coach and stayed in like with that coach or fallen in love with him. Like when we when they decided to keep Hugh Jackson for year three, that was a lot of just, well, you can't fire a guy after two years. You've already did that to Patton. Like you got to give this time, right? Um, like they everybody fell in love with Freddie Kitchens. Uh, they fell out of love very, very quickly. Like it, that actually is a part of my my – my own personal doubt about Kevin Stefanski. Um, I doubt some of the things about him, but like part of me wonders if the, the, the cynicism in Cleveland is just, we're used to being cynical when teams don't match our expectations. That's different than the team internally feeling like they failed. Uh, explain, explain a little bit more. Well, it's just like, I have doubts about Kevin Stefanski, which I think you should, after three years, if you make the playoffs one time in three years. Yeah. That's different from saying, oh, we're in love with him and I want him back for, he's got a rubber stamp, he can be a coach here as long as he wants. I hear a lot of people who have lost have lost their patience or lost their like for Kevin Stefanski. I actually think fans tend to lose that like or love quicker than normally, this is a normally, uh, most owners in the NFL. Jimmy Heslam need not apply on that one. Um, I, 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 yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, like, 
I I don't know. I I I don't I don't feel strongly about one about a one way or the other. I I just I don't know. I don't I don't have I don't have a great take there, Nikki. I forgive you this once. Thank you, Larry. Welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Uh, I'd like to say uh, happy holiday to everybody. Happy Number holidays. Two, happy holidays, I, buddy. I, I, I also like to say I keep Kapaski. Just he's got to stay creative. And most of all, man, um, if we didn't have a lot of injuries or offense and defense. We had no linebackers. I keep Joe Woods because he's doing the best he can. I have the young people step up because we can make a run for the playoffs. You man, know, we get in the playoffs. Most of all, we'll show the Cleveland. We'll show the Cleveland Browns how good we are. Because we get a playoff, you know we're going to show up. Just like Cincinnati do. Man, Cleveland got the talent. I wonder why Kapaski haven't got both the running back, Chubb, in the backfield at the same time. I guess the edge of the offensive line is weak. But I know that, man, you got to be creative. I, I, you know, I, I, I give him a, a, a B because he's trying. He's making an effort and he's winning. Keep dominating, beat, think right. You play right. Let's go, Browns. All right, Larry, you fired a lot of takes there. All right, he's like one of the T-shirt cannons at a Cavs game, but with takes there. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really convenient to say it's Joe Woods' fault. They don't – or sorry, to give Joe Woods a pass and say the Browns don't have players. The Browns have put a lot of uh, draft collateral on the defensive side of the ball recently. Um, I think it's fair to say they don't have enough really good starting defensive tackles. Um, there's also not a flawless roster in the NFL. I also wonder whether we can hold them accountable for the lack of development of some of those young players. And I think I think that's a real concern that I have. It goes back to why I was comfortable firing Joe Woods about seven weeks ago after the Miami game because – I wanted to find out how much of this is scheme and how much of this is on the players, uh, unless they already know, unless unless they've already made up their decision, at which point, if the problem was Joe Woods, you should have fired him so you could have given those players a chance to develop under new leadership in the second half of the season. Why do you think that they did, didn't fire him after you know the first, whatever, 11 games or 10 games or whatever it could you, Yeah, after 11, going to the bye. After the uh, 11 games. I think Kevin Stefanski can be a bit of a wet blanket. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just talking about with just coaches. I don't know. Like, we tried to ask Amari yesterday, and Amari Cooper uh, dodged the question like he dodges defenders. And I say that respectfully. Amari is really nice. But, like, I asked him, like, what's Kevin behind like behind closed doors? And he just didn't really have an answer for us. But, like, I, I, I'm open to the idea that Kevin maybe is, holds guys accountable behind closed doors more, I don't think that happens with the coaching staff. If Kevin's a wet blanket like that with with the coaches, isn't that kind of like concerning? (laughs) Yeah, it would be. I I mean, I think there's there's a lot of that going around in the NFL. A lot of, sorry. Historically, I think there's a lot of that that's happened in the NFL. Like uh, Bill Belichick. I think Bill Belichick's a wet blanket for Matt Patricia and, and Joe Judge. He brought back a former defensive coordinator and former special special teams coordinator and made them offensive coordinator. Oh, by the way, the offense blows this year. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't think it's just specific to Kevin, but I think it might have gotten in Kevin's way of having a uh, a more successful year this year. And that's when it becomes, all right, we got to talk about this and figure out why this is happening. Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. you got about 60 seconds. What you got for us? Let's say it real quick. 
get rid of Woods. Let's get our boy um, uh, Crab Flores in there from Pittsburgh, Miami originally. He would make a huge difference with that defense. He would make them boys play some good hard-nosed football. I want him to be our head coach because all Stefanski is is a philosopher. He's a good talker, but when it comes to coaching, the dude cannot coach. Get him out. Get Flores in there. Let's go. All right, Chris. Um, I couldn't tell whether he wanted him as a head coach or defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like Brian Flores as your defensive coordinator. I don't know he would leave Pittsburgh for this job because um, it would be basically defensive assistant, like linebackers well, coach to being and, a, a DC. And remember, Nick, it's not going to be an appealing job because if you hire someone as defensive coordinator and it doesn't work out and you don't have a great year and Stefanski gets canned, well, then you're here for a year. See, that's interesting. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I wonder how much uh, – how somebody would weigh potential instability in Cleveland versus Miles Garrett – Denzel Ward, um, you know, JOK and, and that kind of thing. Austin Ward, he covers Ohio State for Rivals. He's part of the Dotting the I podcast. You can hear him on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus as well. Austin joins us now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Austin, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And I know that there are a lot of coaches who agree they would like to spread out the craziness of this month. What do you, So what can they do? To, to try and balance this a little bit more. Uh, I'm just looking at it from a, a, a casual observer who just wants a steady flow of news instead of the uh, <laughs> random pulses of holy crap news. Yeah, I, I think that, look, the first thing that they did, it's always been when the NCAA makes adjustments, they don't seem to ever think of the unintended consequences. And the first thing that they did, you know, was moving back that, you know, giving us a December early signing period. They didn't anticipate that schools would make that really the only signing period that matters. You're not going to see hardly any top-flight recruits left over by February. Uh, Ohio State tends to finish up all of its work uh, in December tomorrow, uh, and a number of those guys will be on campus. Um, some are already there, and some will be there in the first week of January with early enrollment. So you know that part has changed things. That led to coaches getting fired earlier, so teams didn't have to waste a recruiting cycle. Then when they when the NCAA effectively threw up its hands uh, about you know one time free transfers and added another portal window so that kids could be in class by January, it opened up yet another uh, window here that has created more urgency and more uncertainty and and effectively ruined bowl season for just about everybody. Um, which maybe there's some benefit to that in terms of some bowls that don't need to be played. But you're looking at playoff teams that are also dealing with this and having players go in the portal or need to evaluate things. So is there a solution? I, they let the genie out of the bottle, and now it's truly you know, it's just uh, an insane month, and I don't really know that they'd be able to fix that no matter what kind of ideas the three of us could come up with. Hey, Austin, I want to ask you about you know the conversation that, that was uh, pretty hot the last couple of days or even over the last week probably uh, with with the the NIL money and yep. you know Gene Smith talking and other folks talking around Ohio State and um, I don't want to say crying poor to some degree but you know it, it, it seems as though you know pe- we're, we're we're begging for money here for, to to keep these players and if we can't get the money we can't keep the players like what's your take on this whole situation with the NIL in Ohio State? Yeah, initially, you know, I felt like that crying poor part. It felt like it was in bad taste like we need the fans to pay this to help um 
keep players or attract players or use recruiting inducements. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't think Ohio State handled that the best way because they, they certainly have enough money and they certainly have enough donors and boosters to get the job done that they need. I, I think it's a far more complicated and nuanced situation than that. And uh, I had a conversation last week uh, with Gene Smith and we sat down and hashed out not all these issues because there is no solution. Uh, and part of the part of it just really really boils down to like Ohio State is trying to honor the rules as they're written, and a lot of other places are not because those rules aren't being enforced. And Ohio State has more you know philosophical choices to make than financial ones, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you have to decide if you want your collectives and your boosters being out there aggressively offering not just, you know, $10,000 or $50,000. In some cases, players Ohio State is targeted are being, offering, are being offered close to $2 million just to sign. Now think about that. Is that sustainable for college football? I don't think so. Is that sustainable for individual businesses or boosters in the future? Probably not. And I think that when we talk about some of these things that have to be corrected and easing up December and not making it so crazy – at some point, whether it's the NCAA, which seems unlikely, or the federal government, which seems like it would take longer, but may happen once you start talking about, you know, IRS audits and things like that. But what's being, what's going on here with the amount of money being thrown around for quote unquote nonprofits? I think that's probably where some guardrails will eventually be put in place. Um, maybe that's just too optimistic of thinking, but you know, it, it's. I, I could unfortunately talk about it for the next three hours, and I know that your segment and your show is not that long, but it's it's a really, really complicated space, and I know it's frustrating for Ohio State because it doesn't want to do things that are, quote-unquote, wrong, but, you know, who's going to stop anybody else from doing them? Austin Ward, he covers Ohio State for Rivals, Donning the Eye podcast as well, 97-1 the fan in Columbus on the North Homestead Chrysler Cheap Dodge Ram hotline as we break down early signing period for Ohio State, of course, uh, the Peach Bowl questions to come here. But I, I do want to get to that early signing period. How How is the early signing period shaping up for Ohio State this year? Yeah, it, it, because there's been frustration about high-profile recruits, it seems like, you know, from from the fan base perspective as a whole, like a lot of hand-wringing and that, you know, it's not not quite at the level of Georgia, Alabama. That's And that's true. But heading into tomorrow, Ohio State has the third-ranked uh, group of commits in the country. It may slide down a notch or two, depending on um, a couple decisions that may still be out there. Um, you know, Joshua Mickens uh, is a defensive end from Indianapolis who's going to decide tomorrow. Ohio State's got a great shot at that. Um, they're involved with Mateo Uyungale, the younger brother of uh, DJ, uh, the quarterback at Clemson, or a transferring quarterback. Those two guys could solidify that spot or potentially let somebody else creep up but um, I think it's become this hard part of evaluating Ohio State like yes setting aside which nobody would should do or want to do that they lost the last two games to Michigan that they're recruiting at the highest level in the Big Ten and there's no real comparison there Um, and I think that that should be probably celebrated more than it tends to be um, because there's always this desire for more with Ohio State, and they want to be able to win a national recruiting championship, a mythical recruit. They want to finish number one. They want the best players in the country. And, and to some extent, they're just not on the same playing field uh, to go back to the NIL conversation that we had. But this is a very, very good class. Uh, it's got you know two of the 
in two five-star wide receivers yet again with Brian Hartline doing fantastic work there. They got involved and found another quarterback that they really liked, a four-star. Ryan Day has a pretty good track record of picking guys that he wants. You just look across the board, we'll see what happens with those defensive linemen tomorrow. That could really be the icing on the cake. But, you know, on a per-player basis, Ohio State is recruiting at on that same footing and in one of the highest levels in the country. And they also are developing them at a high level when they get them. So it's it's been a successful sense. It still is. Tomorrow's going to be a good day for the Buckeyes. I, I just feel like there's when people evaluate it, there's a sense that maybe they could have done more, and and that's fair. But this is not a bad class by any stretch of the imagination. Is, is there a you know backlash at all from Buckeye fans because Jackson Smith and Jigba opted out of this game? I think it would have been helpful if people understood the severity of the injury, and Ohio State has been really secretive about that. When when he had, I think that Ohio State fans, they were really, really hopeful that um, he'd make it back in time for the game, or that he'd have enough time to heal and play in the college football playoff. And I had tried to make the point, like the second setback against Iowa in October was much more severe. And it was more it was a larger portion of the hamstring and a different part of the hamstring than he had injured previously. And I don't think that Ohio State did itself any favors by the Ryan Day just doesn't talk about injuries and their status report became like a kind of running gag every Saturday. Who's gonna magically appear on it? Or what game time decision who's not gonna play? And I don't think that, that did uh, any I think it did a disservice to Jackson Smith and Jigba. We saw, you know, one talent evaluator uh, on ESPN a week or so ago saying, oh, well, some people in the NFL think that he's healthy enough to play and he opted out. Like, that's not the case. And I think that if Ohio State had been more upfront about uh, what everything Jackson Smith had, had done to get back the second time, because it was pretty pretty extensive rehab, and he had tried to come back twice. He got re-injured the first time uh, there against Toledo in, in September. He needed five weeks to get ready for Iowa, came back, and then got hurt again. Like This kid wanted to play desperately and the hamstring just wouldn't let him do it. And those are those are notoriously pesky injuries, and he had a bad one. Austin, looking to the Peach Bowl itself there, uh, what's the vibe in Columbus on this game, and what's the confidence level from Ohio State fans that they can beat Georgia and make it to the uh, national title game? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure they're as confident uh, as, they, as they maybe could be or should be. They're, they're reeling. Look. Losing to Michigan twice in a row, I don't have to tell you guys how much that stings and how much the fan base is not accustomed to that, how much that game means to them. And the way that it happened in the fourth quarter uh, cut deep. And didn't, I stood there on the field in the horseshoe after November 26th, and I'm like, well, the version of that team that we just saw today did not deserve to be in the playoffs. Now, the other 11 weeks, that body of work proved that they were on level footing. They were number two behind Georgia all year. Um, they were – the committee loved them, and once that overall resume came in the picture, you could see why Ohio State got in as the number four, and I think that we've got a matchup that a lot of people want to see in a very good matchup. Ohio State does incredibly well when it has something to prove, and it doesn't get a lot of chances to be an underdog. I think um, in the 11 seasons that I've been blessed enough to cover this program around here, um, they've been an underdog probably five or six times, and the only time I remember them not even coming through with an outright win was against Alabama in the national title game two years ago when they were dealing with a short deck uh, due to COVID uh, COVID situation. So 
Uh, that Ohio against the world mentality tends to work in their favor. Uh, Vegas has this around six, six and a half points. Um, you know, that to me tells me in a situation like this that a, a quote unquote neutral site, we should win heavily towards Georgia, but we'll still have a ton of Ohio State fans that, that this should be a heck of a battle. And I think if CJ Stroud gets time, he's also got something really desperate to prove after losing the game twice. So I'm looking forward to a, a really exciting game. And I think maybe the closer it gets to December 31st, the more excitement there may be, may be for Ohio State fans if they can go out uh, and see their team get a win and, and advance to the national title game. Follow this man on the Twitter machine at A Ward Sports. He is Austin Ward. He covers Ohio State for Rivals. Check out the Dotting the I podcast. You can also check him out on 971 The Fan in Columbus as he joins us now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Austin, really great stuff. Enjoy the flurry of news of the next couple weeks here, buddy. Uh, eventually you'll get sleep again. Hey, that's all right. If I don't have if I don't get any sleep until about like January tenth, I'm cool with that. Let's stay busy. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Austin Ward there. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.